Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage. This week I'm talking to four younger Hong Kongers. Two are award-winning chocolatiers. One is a baker and the other is passionate about tea. And while he's fairly young himself, believes that teenagers and others here need to know more about the tea traditions he grew up with. That's Chung Yang Kit of Tea Culture, and I'll be talking to him later in the programme. Kato Wong Hung Ling runs an online bakery. She gets up at 4am and works for 12 hours making sourdough and other breads with a twist. Bread, of course, goes back thousands of years. And I'd also love to look at the history of institutions like Garden Bakery here and Life Bread. Here, Kato adds coffee, tea and other ingredients to her artisan bread in a city where sourdough is increasingly popular. But first to the chocolatiers. Sealock and Chaki run Slock Bean to Bar Chocolate, with chocolate made with beans from Peru, beans from the Philippines and many other places in the world. But they're scientists as well, infusing their chocolate with flavours and aromas, including a very Hong Kong bar of chocolate, which has duck liver sausage. I met them at a recent pop-up fair. Hi, my name is Slock. I'm a chocolate maker in Hong Kong. Chocolate maker is what we are doing is making chocolate from bean to bar. So we buy cacao beans and then we roast. We are winnowing the beans to take out the nibs and then make it to chocolate. Different origins or different beans have different flavors. So we produce different kinds of chocolate from different origins and also we do some favorite bar. Yes, because I mean, I've been, I just tried some chocolate that, that had its origins in Peru. Yes. So do you just travel the world getting these different types of tastes? Yes, for Peru, because it's before I'm doing this chocolate making, I went to Peru for a level fee of a chocolate tasting course. So we went to Peru and taste the cacao and also the chocolate there. What we are using the beans from Peru is called Chong Chu. It's one of the oldest variety of cacao. Because the variety of cacao, they have in different origin and they have like different years of the genetic come from different countries. And also they do a lot of migration and that's why they have some crossbreeding as well. Oh, so would Peru be one of the origins of cacao then? Yes. yes. Um, yes. Um, and yeah. then because Chongchu is a very old, the origin is a very old cacao origin. And also the gene is, they keep it very good because they didn't chop down the tree and they try to maintain this variety themselves right that crossbreeding so this is one of the rare cacao beans in the world currently one of them so what got you into chocolate why did you become a chocolate maker because we are chocolate lovers. Yeah, fair enough. That's yes. a good reason. In the beginning, we, we like to uh, try different origins of chocolate. And then before that, I was working in Shangwan. And every day I go, I went to a chocolate shop to buy chocolate to drink. And then one day, the shop owner told me that, uh, why don't you try to make your own chocolate? And then I started to make chocolate at home as a hobby maker. And then I started this to sell my chocolate. And then he is so passionate about chocolate. For the first origin that we have is a Vietnam beans. First, he is still keeping his job, and then we do. What was your other job? Uh, I was a journalist. Oh, were 
you? For a magazine, Chinese magazine. Oh, yeah. A journalist, a chocolate maker. <laughs> yes. So there's hope for me then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then for the first bean, he started development until maybe we try almost 50 kg for development. We have done like over 40 times of the same origin for for a development to finalize to perfect it. And does that involve eating a lot of chocolate? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so he loved chocolates a lot. And then afterward, because he really into this, so he quit his job and then start our own brand. Incredible. So what's involved in the chocolate making process? First of all, we need to get the raw beans which is unroasted beans, then we need to do a little bit of sorting because when we receive the beans, they may have some broken beans or like uh, fat beans or sometimes they may have some... Some crack or a little hole, then we need to throw out all the... which is not good beans because we want to attempt a even roasting. So afterward will be... Will be our roasting. roasting. Ro- yeah, roasting is very critical because roasting is part of it to develop the different flavor. So even though with the same beans, different chocolate maker using different roasting profile can create a different nose, even though with the same origin chocolate. And then afterward, we'll be cracking and we know it. Winnowing means we separate the beans of the husk and nibs. We take the nibs to make chocolate. Because the beans, there is like a shell. Yeah. And then after we roast it, we need to like uh, take out the shell, only get the nibs inside. So, they're called nibs. Yeah, they're called nibs. Yeah, the cacao nibs. And then after the cacao nibs, we will do the conching, grinding and conching, adding sugar and most likely it's sugar. Sometimes maybe a little bit cacao butter and to make the plain bar. And then afterward, we'll be tempering and the molding. And the whole process, how long does it take, do you think? A few days. A few days. And then afterward, it really depends on the... Because we will do some aging. Not only the aroma, because the plain bar will do a little bit aging. Because aging will let the chocolate be saturated. And then they will also develop the flavor. Because uh, some of the beans will require a little bit longer. Some of the beans, maybe like two weeks, you can already get the final tone. But sometimes... Some of the beans, you even they are changing the flavor after like half a year. When is the aging process taking place? After you've created the bar or after you've roasted the beans? After, we usually, after we create the bar. Or we... So you just let it sit? Yes, we let it sit and then try to make it ready. Yeah. So that's why some of the development will be very long because we need to ensure the final product is the look that we like. There's quite a bit of science to it. I mean, I was having a look earlier at uh, some of your projects. If you could, could you tell me? I mean, I've just said about the one uh, from Peru. Now that had uh, some fruit notes in it. Peru is some fruit notes, bushy pear and the yellow fruit notes. But it really depends on the roasting profiles. So the fruit aspect is already when you receive the beans or are you adding it later? The fruit aspect is depends on the beans and also depends on the fermentation on the site. The fruit is introduced, if I'm understanding correctly, by where it's grown. Uh, yes. Like what, like wine? Yeah, yes, exactly. Based on the climate, actually based on terroir, also based on the climate, yeah. two things, and also based on the fermentation and based on the roasting. So that was the Peru example, which was very nice. Um, and your, your chocolate tends to be about, what, 70% and up? 
because 70% is always good. The range of wine 70% is always good for tasting what the beans are favors. Because if we chine the chocolate bar of 100%, that means there's no sugar. But when we are doing chocolate making, sugar brings out some favors from the beans. It's really science to us because they, the sugar has some like chemical reaction, the chemistry with the cacao beans, and and the, they will bring out the notes. Now, what about the beer one? Oh, the beer one, the hops. The beer one was a collaboration with local brewery. So they take a husk to make a beer, and then we take the hops to make chocolate bar with the beer nooks. But we didn't add the hops inside the chocolate, we just do the aging. That bar, we are using our 72% Philippines plain bar, the plain chocolate. And then the Philippines note is honey and onion and dates, but mainly when you taste the plain bar, is honey notes is the majority. But after pairing with the hops, we do aging, the aroma infused the hops because this hops... This hop is we, called Centennial. Yeah. which is a very fruity hops. Yes, and then after do the aroma infused, then very interesting, the lonyan looks come out. Yeah, so you will oh, not only the uh, hop smell, but also the lonyan and without the bitterness. <laughs> so describe to me how those flavors are infused into the chocolate. Cacao butter is something like very absorbed aroma. So the thing we call aroma infused is very, you can just like let two ingredients sit together and then the chocolate will absorb the aroma. Yes. But the difficulty is different ingredients, they require the times and the amount is different. And you need to also have the sensory to pick which chocolate is better paired with the different type of smell. And also we need to control the different conditions like the temperature, the humidity, and of course the, the quantity, the of, quantity the, the, of, of the ingredients. ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the hops bar, because hop is uh, very temperature sensitive. So we need to have uh, very critical about the humidity and temperature control on, on this particular bar. That's clever stuff. Do you enjoy your work? Oh, a lot. Yes, Especially lot. the development book. It, it takes so long. Sometimes we fail of a lot of ideas as <laughs> well. So we have a lot of like not so good development chocolate. <laughs> so you got to be quite patient. Yes, we need to go patient because like uh, what she said, uh, sometimes we need to, when we try to make some chocolate, we need to put it for the aging. We need to uh, try it for a few months. And then we need to like try and error and try so many times to have the specific recipe because in chocolate making, the combination is critical. Just 1% more and 1% less, you can tell the difference. So this is important, especially the development. We need to be very patient. We've talked about Peru and beer. Tell me about another chocolate that you've made. Oh, we have very interesting one. Let me show you. We use like the Chinese rose wine and also the duck liver sausage to create a chocolate bar. It is a very Hong Kong style chocolate. The Chinese rose wine, I'm, I'm not sure if you have ever tasted It's the Chinese one and then the duck liver sausage, which we always eat during the winter on the pot wise or 
when we're doing rice at home. This is a very Hong Kong style. And then this one is very interesting because we do this for a project with a local magazine first. And then they want something related to Chinese New Year and something Hong Kong. Then we, we think about that. And then first of all, it's only the Chinese sausage. Chocolate, and afterward we talked to. Uh, we talked to the uh, the Chinese restaurant who produced the the, the, the sausage, yeah. and then we get ideas to add the Chinese rose, rose wine, wine as well. Yeah, and then. So is it kind of a meat chocolate? Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, but without the meat because we for the sausage we we, we use cacao butter to too. cook the sausage. Yeah, that means we infuse the sausage into the butter. Yeah, and then, and then we, we add it in the chocolate. But we will not use the sausage, but only the rest of the cacao butter into the chocolate. And also we use the Chinese rose wine to... to roast wine. Roast, roast, roast wine to, to, salt, uh, to soak the nibs first and then dry it back so that because chocolate cannot uh, have have liquid in there. So all the nibs, they absorb the Chinese rose wine flavor and then we just like conch it together it's, it's so inventive this one is we, we love it so much we right it so much. Uh, we got the awards of uh, international chocolate awards which is a gastronomic award because they really think it's something like special they think yeah. it's something like so what was the gastronomic award they have different kinds of special awards like a special award for the ingredients, ingredients the origins yeah. or uh, vegan, something like that, and there is also a uh, what's called gastronomic. So because this is uh, we call it uh, meat chocolate. So <laughs> yes, meat and wine. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's really very and very Hong Kong, as you said. Oh, yes, and very so, Hong Kong. <laughs> so actually, the judges in the International Chocolate Award think that this is like. It's very innovative because they didn't think about using these two ingredients together, especially the, the Chinese duck liver sauce. Like uh, one of the reasons is the ingredients and another ing- reason is before that in Western country, there's also some chocolate maker doing chocolate with meat. With like bacon. With bacon, they put dried bacon on the chocolate or they put the beef jelly. Beef uh, jerky, in beef jerky, beef jerky inside yeah. the chocolate. Yeah. But what we are doing is, as we said, is we infuse into the oil, which is they not many. Not, they yeah. didn't expect it's not pieces, but rather yeah. than it's just like regular chocolate. You couldn't tell it until you really taking it inside your mouth. Duck liver sausage and chocolate. Sealock and Jackie there, who run Slock Bean to Bar Chocolate. You can find them on social media under Slock Chocolate. So that's S-L-O-K. Kato Wong Hongling is a baker. She used to be a graphic artist, but went to Greece, studied how they made sourdough and had a change of direction. Though she still brings graphic design into her baking work. So I'm Kato. So I have this bakery called Mosa. Usually it's just one man bakery, yeah. So now it's mostly sell online and also sell the wholesale to the cafe and also the restaurant. What got you into making bread? Actually, I started to bake uh, sourdough bread eight years before. And at the time, I went to Greece. 
So I want to stay there and start to learn sourdough bread. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> what did you do before? I'm a graphic designer. Okay, because yeah. yes, I have to say your stall here, it's very artistic. The way that you do your bread is yeah. uh, really rather beautiful to look at as well as it tastes pretty good too. So were you up at four o'clock in the morning waiting for it to rise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually work for 12 hours, I think. Yeah. More, yeah, yeah, more than 12. So this morning I woke up at four. It's not easy making bread. And, yeah. uh, and so what do you do? You have it for sourdough, you have to have that. Um, what's your starter? Uh, my starter called Bubble Man. Yeah, and then it is uh, eight years old. And also it's a mix of Greek sourdough yeast and the uh, Hong Kong yeast. Yeah, so it's a mix. The Greek one actually is a bit of sweeter. Sweet. What, the yeast? Yeah, the yeah. yeast. Not very sour, so our yeast is not very sour like the American one, yeah. Interesting. I didn't, I've never really thought about yeast coming from different countries that it would... Yeah, it's different. Uh, and yeah, also they that. have, uh, because of the flour and the water, so they have different tastes for di different yeast, yeah. Do a lot of, I mean, you're a young Hong Konger, do a lot of young Hong Kongers eat bread? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, they love bread. And sourdough bread is going to be a trend in Hong Kong, usually for the young person, young lady, mostly is a woman, because uh, I think my customer, 95% is a lady or woman, they yeah. buy the bread, yeah. Why do you like baking sourdough as opposed to other types of bread? Ah, because it's more healthy. Because I got sick before, actually I eat too much and I'm very unhealthy. I, I gained 20 kilos. And also the Hong Kong style bread is unhealthy one. Yeah, it's white and very sweet, isn't it, largely? Yeah, they put a lot of butter and ate uh, sugar in it and also mostly uh, white sugar. So my porter didn't put any sugar in it. and. Sometimes, if like the carrot cake, I put the uh, monk food sugar. It's more healthier. What's it called? Monk food, sugar-free sugar. Yeah. But doesn't that also have problems, though, if it's an additive? But that one is natural one. It's from the fruit. So that's monk fruit. So it, oh, so it's a natural sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's natural and sugar-free one. I noticed your pretzels there. They're beautifully shaped. Yeah. Um, when you first decided to do this two years ago, how did you did you go off and do a artisan course or? I didn't. I just self learned. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I watch a lot. Actually, I do sourdough bread, uh, bread eight years before, so I have a long time. Eight, eight years. Yeah, eight years, and so I've had long time experience for sourdough bread, and but I don't have any concept for the budget management so I partnered before for other brand other brand is making the tapanat you know tapanat the olive spread but it doesn't work in Hong Kong because not much people like the tapanat Oh, <laughs> yeah, so I start to sell saudo again so can you make a living doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because but you, you... Not rich one. Yeah. Not rich. Not rich, no, but you're, you're able to survive doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I now, you, as well as doing pop-ups, you also actually supply yeah. catering outlets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I supply bread and sometimes pop-up and also the group buy uh, every week. So that means I have online order per week 
and not daily, but we deliver to the MTR station and then the customer can pick up easily. It's more convenience for the Hong Kong people. Before you were a graphic designer, now you are a baker. Apart from the fact that you have to get up early, is there something about the touch, about the feel, about creating bread that you enjoy? Yeah, yeah, I love enjoy because you see the branding, the character. Actually, is I draw by myself, and I try to put more artistic elements in the bread that make me more. Fun to this industry. I like. Actually, I like it, and I usually like the scoring on the on the bread. Like yeah. yeah, so it's quite artistic and make me feel like I'm more like a graphic designer job. <laughs> yeah. But also, but just you know, when you're kneading the dough, and then is there or the, the aroma of it? So I think sourdough bread is quite boring job. If I just making one type of bread, because the process is just come repeat and repeat again, like the above fermentation part, just let's let and fall and cold fall like that. So the the technique and the process is quite similar, not but it's for the long term. Like I need to work for the dough for six hours, like so. It's more boring, but I try to make more interesting things, elements like I make more compact flavor. Like uh, I put some Chinese ingredients in the sourdough bread. Oh, like what? Like the goji is a kind of a fruit, like sweeter, like the dates in Western. And some tea elements in yeah, there. Yeah, and so you put so you put tea in bread. Yeah, yeah, I took tea and coffee, and orange and almond. Also, the ingredient I put is natural one, not artificial one. Now you also make butter. Yeah, the cashew butter, but only that one. <laughs> and I put the different ingredients. I I didn't make the plain one because the market is a lot of. Plain cashew nut butter, so I didn't make the plain one. So what do you add in? I try to make some weird favorite in it, like <laughs> that that people cannot try outside, yes. so they can find me to try this one. Yeah, so you also put tea in your cashew butter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can try later. <laughs> so it's quite funny to try different combination of the favorite in it. So yeah, it's part of creative in this bakery. And that's Kato the baker there, Kato Wong Hung Ling, bringing in the dough through her baking company, Musa Inspiration. So you can find her under Musa Inspiration, M O U S A. I like Apple Chow. It has the boat equipment shops, and despite some modern construction coming in after the MTR station, there's still an old feel to Apple Chow and its restaurants and shops. As you head from the harbour to Lei Tung MTR. There are a few stalls, including three, that rotate their goods. I love a good pop-up shop. One will suddenly appear selling kitchen goods. Three days later, it will be women's clothes and bags, or dried goods. Or suddenly, you'll just have three tables piled high with ginger. And so it was that one day I was wandering along, and there was a friendly man behind his table of different tea products. We stopped and chatted. And then agreed to talk and record 
about his passion for tea the following day. While we drank tea, of course. The key reason why Chung Yang Kit of Tea Culture runs his business is he feels that teenagers, with all the other commercial drink choices, are no longer aware of Chinese tea culture. Something he'd like to educate them about. Poets is one tea. Why is popular? They can storage. Ten years or twenty years. Oh, so it's like wine. It's like anything. If you have uh, one that you can keep for yeah. a longer time, you can pass to the, your son, grandson, and oh, and oh, the value will, will will be. So why I said that is a traditional. Uh, this is Chinese traditional. First for taste, and the second you can pass this mm. culture to the other、uh, generation. Now, how old are you? Can I ask? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight, and you're keen for younger people. Also, you feel that there are fewer younger people who are actually drinking tea, as in teenagers or people in their twenties. Do you think that they need to know more about tea? The different kinds of、yeah. tea, not Chinese tea, just like、uh, red tea or just like Thai red tea, because the 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 taste is not very strong, and we have、um, the efficiency. Because if you want to enjoy a tea, you need Sometimes、mm. to brew the tea, then control the temperature, control the tea leaf. That's why it's not too much time in Hong Kong because you know Hong Kong's high pressure city. There, you if you if you have time, you will drink cha cha tang fast food culture in Hong Kong. If you want to try brew the tea. So much time for yeah, this. Yeah, I suppose、medicine. because the milk tea made in a cha cha tang, that's、yes. a that's a specialty all、yes. of, all of its own, and that often has about five blends.、Yeah. But yes, that's immediate,、mm. and it's in the urn, and that's what you have、mm. when you're in. But you're saying also, I mean, the tradition of making tea.、Mm-hmm. Um, if you take your time、mm. on show on your stall, you've got different types of pots. If you're making your own cup of tea、yes. in the morning or in the afternoon,、yeah. what do you like choosing? I I usually use the purple cake hot pot. Do you know purple cake? C L A Y. All right, purple clay. Oh, let's have a look. Yes. Oh, so this is a a small teapot that I'm、yeah. being shown here.、Yes. So this is a purple clay. Yeah. And where does the purple clay come from? China. Ah.、Uh-huh. Yi Xing. Ah,、uh, this is the famous Hotel's purple cake hot pot. They have three parts to make it. Lip. Cups and the saucers. There are three three parts of this. This is Gong Fu Cha. Gong Fu not the midnight bullshit, not no fighting. This this is the skill. This is the profession. Control the the water temperature and the, how long to brew one tea and how to the the, the procedures. Share with your friends and families. This is one of Gong Fu Cha. But purple clay.、Mm-hmm. What's so specific about that then? There's a long story. That's just a love story because they have one pot for one tea. Because after you brew, uh, brew the tea, they will storage the the smell and the taste in the crate.、Oh, after wash. So the clay takes on this aroma or this fragrance. Yes, if you frequency to brew the tea, they will store your taste in in this one.、So、that's why same quality of the tea leaf, but you you use the purple cage to brew the tea, they will more better and non-nasting mellow. That's why this is the this is the special for the purple cage. 
some sometimes fully handmade in in China. This is so 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 expensive. Yes, but uh, so special as well. And uh, so it's a purple clay pot that, uh, as you say, takes on the aroma. So, do you only put high quality tea leaves in there? Mostly used for pour. So it's just a nice cup of tea that you're making there. Um, so it's refreshing on a hot day. So what do you advise if people have got hot and humid like today? What's a good tea to have? Trust me. An enjoyable cup of tea and chat there with Chung Yang Kit of Tea Culture. He does different pop-up shops in parts of Hong Kong. So on Hong Kong Heritage, that was chocolate, bread, and tea. Thanks for listening, and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage. <laughs>